Hey, welcome back here to another episode of the Central PA Poor, and Dave is back in studio with us. Yep, here I am. Here you are. So, hey, we have some guests that we're going to be bringing in here. We're we're happy to have them here, but make sure you look us up on all your social media platforms at Central PA Poor. Um, look us up where you can get your podcast as well on all those listening platforms, and we are doing a giveaway we're trying to grow our YouTube channel. So go out there and give us a sub on our YouTube, create any posts on social media, tag us, uh, share it out with some friends and use the hashtag CPP 500 trying to get to 500 uh, subscribers on YouTube. And we got some stuff. We're giving away some cash prizes to uh, some local breweries and a brewery of your choice. And along with an insulated mug with the CPP logo, right? So we got some special guests. Anything uh, you've had going on, Dave? You, no, you were out in Pittsburgh recently. Yeah, out in Pittsburgh. Went down there for the week, and um, mainly for my wife. She wanted to visit some libraries. So, and I actually got a chance to go over to, to the uh, Necromancer uh, Beer Festival and um, up at their brewery, and it was pretty nice. They had a lot of um, they had a lot of brewers there bringing their wares, and uh, and uh, you drink your fill. Drink so your fill. You drink oh. your fill. We had uh, we Ubered, so we didn't have to worry about uh, didn't have to worry about uh, the local law. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was a pretty good time. Yeah. So, without further ado, let us bring in our guest. These is Alex, Alan, and Jake from Boneshire Brew Works. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Central PA Four. How are you guys doing? Cheers. Good. Good. Ready for warm weather. Yeah, Ready for warm weather. So, yeah, that's uh, hopefully coming up here soon. Uh, by the time this gets out, we'll be getting close to uh, Easter, and we had just turned the clocks up. So I know that makes my wife happy when you get that extra hour of daylight. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to have that extra hour when you leave work and a little more sunlight at the end of the day. So tell us a little bit about Boneshire. What, where, where are you guys at? Can they find you on the Internet? Yeah, so um, – our physical location, the brewery location and tap room is at 7462 Dairy Street. We're about halfway between Hershey and Harrisburg. Um, we also have a tap room in Soma neighborhood in Harrisburg, South Third Street. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, well, actually not YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we also have a website, www.boneshire.com. Uh, it's got our, our – uh, Tap menus, as well as our hours, uh, what's on tap, what's in cans, so on and so forth. Pizza menu. Pizza menu. That's right. Forgot the pizza menu. But uh, yeah, yeah, tell you what, we were, we were just up there, uh, you know, to pick up the beer for this episode, and uh, the three of us went up and with our wives, we had a good time. Pizza menu for what you guys put out on them little tabletops was. Sorry, it was really good. It was yeah. really good pizza. We've. Uh, we we can really crank through them too. They're uh, pretty traditional Neapolitan style. We make the dough in house. We do everything in house from that standpoint. I make the dough just about every day. Oh um, wow! It's a love hate thing for me. <laughs> I, love, I love to hate doing it, but, but yeah, it's um, yeah. So everything we we do try to do it pretty traditional in that we let it ferment two to three days. Uh, so it's it's as traditional as it comes. We cook. Uh, Cook them at about 700 degrees, so they're they're cooked in about 90 seconds, so it's pretty quick. That's pretty cool. So 
Where did the name Boneshire come from? So it's actually a combination of uh, my son's nickname and our dog's nickname. And at the time when, when I started, we we're trying to come up with a name that, that fit, fit who we are and then also not, not get in trademark trouble. And, there we go. And um, so one of the best ways to, to do that is to come up with a name and, and just come up with something that doesn't exist, obviously. And Boneshire is at the bone and Boneshire is Hambone, which is my son's nickname. And then Shire is the dog. He was a Yorkshire Terrier um, that was part of the family for 15 years. Oh, that's pretty cool. Cause I, I didn't, I thought somebody was a farmer. And well, so there is part of that too. So my family, uh, traditionally we were, we're pig farmers. Um, there was always a plan to tie that into actually do barbecue, but that, uh, that hasn't happened yet. We've, um, shot away from it because we want to do it the right way. And doing traditional barbecue is not something that you do in 10 minutes. It's a, it's a time, time, uh, you know, committed thing that we've, we've always done here and there throughout the year, but not regularly. And I see that Alex says he likes to barbecue. So is he going to be the barbecue guy? You know, he eats the barbecue. <laughs> he just uh, eats it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I do like the barbecue, but I, I'm not, I can't commit to, uh, to making barbecue if we ever decide to open up a restaurant. Well, i tell you what, you uh, you guys got a quaint little spot, but you also have a second location, right? You have a tap room? We do. We have a small tap room in uh, Harrisburg, South 3rd Street uh, in the Soma neighborhood. Um, we're open there Monday, or sorry, Wednesday to uh, Saturday. The uh, I don't know if you've ever been in down in that area. It's a pretty cool area. Streets lit up nice. There's uh, summertime. It's great to be there because it's, you know, nice outdoor seating. Um, you're just south, just south of the Capitol. You know, so there's always a lot of hustle and bustle in that area. That's pretty cool. I think the first time I ran into one of your beers was actually not at any of your locations. Up, It was up at Greystone in Dillsburg, okay. yep. out, out there at the golf course area. And they said that you make the beer. How did that partnership come up? So um, Jason, who uh, owns and operates uh, Greystone, he actually is um, – make long story short through an acquaintance one of the other owners his brother-in-law carson book uh who's one of the other owners uh, um, he 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 knew him personally and they were looking to you know work with a local brewery and we we've we've sold beer to them for a long time but then you know they came to us and said hey you want to uh make some beer for us and we have i think we've done it probably going on four years that's pretty cool that's really good um I actually brought one when we were up there the other night. I brought one back, uh, the Dilston, because yep. it's a red. It's an Irish yep. red, and we just brewed our own Irish red. So I'm like, I had to compare. It, <laughs> it was pretty. It's really good. That was the first beer I ever brewed was an Irish red. Was it? That's that was our first yeah. offering. So, um, nice. I think ours turned out pretty good comparison to what I'm tasting from you know commercial brewers. So, kudos to everybody. Yeah. Challenge is way better than mine. Uh, my, mine was my first attempt ever with a kit. It was, it was okay. It wasn't bad. So we got Alan, Alex, and Jake. Where does Jake fit into this picture? Jake is the brewer. He uh, is the brewer. He's the brewer now. So he um, he flies the ship, at least in the brew house. Okay. And how did this partnership all come about? 
I mean, this was something you guys been friends for a while. I mean, where, how did this all come about? So, when, when we started, I actually had been, it was a, a partner with another guy in um, a Milbach growing company. And, you know, at the time it was, it was a, I'm not sure how much you guys know about the beer business, but it's tough. And you, you, to, to go out and have no experience and convince a bank or others to give you a lot of money to go buy a lot of stainless steel, it's tough, you know? And so we foot the bill with what we could and started out small and it got to the point where, you know, we needed to make a decision on what direction to go. I decided to, we, we both basically decided to move on. I decided to keep going for my side and um, track down friends, family members, somehow convince them to loan you the money, give you money and, and put it in the business. And um, we started out uh, with three fermenters and a bright tank. Um, now we have five fermenters and a bright tank. Um, we could probably double or triple that. We've, we've invested a lot of money in our business in the critical infrastructure, like upgrading our chiller units to be able to handle a lot more tanks. You know, our kettle is way bigger than it needs to be. So we've kind of developed and built this from a, a plug and play type of perspective, but needless to say, when we started, we had 12 owners. Um, it's a lot. Um, Right now, the way it works is I own the majority of the business, but um, everybody has input. At this point, you know we're seven, almost eight years into this. Um, how Jake came involved, Alex. Actually, Alex, uh, I actually started working with him when I moved out to Central PA. I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area, and Alex introduced me to my wife, and so. Somehow we've main, or maintained our friendship since then. I don't know how, but we have. I haven't heard the end of it since. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, four years? You worked yeah. for us for three years now? Two years. Three years. Well, that is phase one, phase two. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll count that yeah. as all one. <laughs> um, but Jay came into it. Uh, tell me a little about yourself. Where are you from? Where are you uh, So I'm uh, from... Just across the river, actually right across the river from Allen, uh, Duncannon. Um, and so I graduated college, no brewing experience. Uh, my mother was in contact with Allen because we picked up the grain for a farm because I grew up in a family farm. Uh, and so I was like, I originally I was like, you need a bartender or something. He wanted more back of the house help. So uh, did an interview, questions. Uh, can you lift 50 to 100 pounds? Can you drive a uh, manual transmission? And are we willing to loan? So from then, Alan took a big risk because I knew nothing about making beer. <laughs> and here you are. You're the head brewer. Yeah. Yep. So you've you've kind of learned on the job. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. reason, the reason we hired him was because he could drive a manual transmission. Yeah. Because what you don't know is our brew truck is a manual transmission. Yeah. And you know how do you keep how do you keep a kid from stealing the car today? You get it in a transmission. So when you have a truck full of beer and they want to take it, they don't know how to drive it, so you just leave it there. There we go. That was a hell of an interview. Can you drive manual? Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't know how to drive a manual shift car anymore. Right. 
right. It's it's a it's amazing. So you guys have been in business since 2016. Yep, 2016 October 2016 is when we opened. You right. guys got a pretty good operation out back yeah. there as far as you're doing canning and everything else. I mean that's that's pretty awesome. We've uh, like I said, we've slowly worked into buying equipment. You know, um, we've we I've always kind of gone by the the idea of spending money you have that you know to buy the equipment you really need to grow. Um, and so we've managed to work ourselves in a position where we own our equipment. We we don't owe anybody anything. That's you know, good. We've you know to to. In the world today, in anything, you know, you know, first and foremost, you got to be in the black, you know, um, yep. you got to be able to pay your bills, and, and then and then to make a little bit of money, and then to grow it, you got to you got to keep reinvesting in the business, and and we have um, the big the big last purchase was a canning line. We used to manually can everything by hand, and it was an absolute just total nightmare. That's a team. Now we have a canning line that can do. We really push it thirty cans a minute. Um, you know, we've we really are at this point just making enough cans to feed the tap room. You know, we really even haven't even tapped the market per se. Well, that's cool. I mean, we know all about investing in equipment, but we, <laughs> we <laughs> haven't gotten any return on it yet. <laughs> uh, I hear you there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was nice to get the canning line. That was that was a big jump for us. It, it increased efficiency and consistency of of product in quality the pack, quality product quality. in 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 the packaging sense um it worked out nice there, there were some growing pains and just getting it to to run the way we wanted to but uh there was a, a few days where alan <laughs> wanted to pull his hair out um but yeah we, we got it working i think the next thing we're gonna buy it for, for jake is is a mash time <laughs> yeah it's not happening oh there we go <laughs> So you're right. Dave. Dave was uh, when we had Molly Pitcher on here with their episode. They don't have a canning line. They bring in a company, and Dave went up there right after we recorded with them to take video of this mobile canning line. It was pretty. So we yeah. he knows all about what those canning lines can do. So yeah, the one they had up at Molly Pitcher was was uh, that was brought in. It was um, Ironheart. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not. But they're a mobile canning company, and they come in in a, a big truck and then unload and and set up their line, and it is just it's massive to be to be portable. Yeah, it's it's a massive setup, and uh, they had three guys running it, and it and it just uh, ran the cans out, you know, pallet after pallet after pallet. I was just I was amazed. I right was amazed. now, for us, we can three three guys makes it nice. Two can do it. Um, mm -hmm. We really want to get two pieces of the puzzle. We want to get a date coder and then a, uh, an auto labeler and a pack off table. That's your, so your hand labeling right now. Yeah. We, we have a small auto, a semi auto labeler that basically you got a whole ass when the cans are coming off. Basically <laughs> it, Jake feeds the cans on the machine. I run, I run the, the other end and uh, cross our fingers and hope shit doesn't hit the fan in between. <laughs> Which has happened more than once. More than once. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm ready for my first, our first beer. So tell us a little bit about our, what we're going to be uh, drinking for our first one. So our first one is uh, a green machine. So Jake, you're going to have to check me on this. If I screw anything up, um, we've brewed this beer, geez, 30 or 40 times, if not more, it's our flagship IPA, Citra Mosaic. Um, 
we have changed the recipe and tweaked the recipe over the years it to where it is now um it's it's we put a, uh, basically everything all the hop additions are all 15 minutes left in the boil or dry hop um, so it's it's got some bitterness it's not overly bitter it's it's still on the west coast side but has a lot of floral uh fruity subtropical notes uh obviously with the citro mosaic a lot of big charges day two day three fermentation charges for for uh for uh the dry hopping and then and then right not not too long before patching three four days before packaging we put another big dose in but pretty standard 2023 hopping procedures uh, it, it is, because it's changed so much over the years but is this an original recipe? It is. It is. Okay. Yep. Cheers, Cheers to the green machine. Oh, I definitely get the hops out of it and the aroma. That's a, that's a hoppy IPA. So whose recipe is this one? This is... Uh well, we've, like I said, we've been working on this for six years, seven years since oh, we opened it. Um, whose, whose original recipe was it? Was it a homebrew recipe? No, actually it wasn't. This was developed and built from from in-house on the system, our current system. I mean, okay. everything I mean, that I tweaked weird. and learned was, you know, homebrewing to that and into it. But it's, you know, the, the one thing that anybody brews beer knows that, you know, Systems and equipment can can be constraints or help in, in, in making good beer or, or not, you know, and in our case, you know, one of the things because we have a direct fire kettle, um, it actually uh, it, and, and the way we whirlpool and the amount of time that it takes us to, to knock out and transfer, um, we, we, we got to watch how, how much and, and when we dose with, with hops. If you get too early, super bitter. Um, you know, we found that even with hopping really late, even later than, than 15 minutes in the boil or 15 to go in the boil, you know, you're still getting a lot of bitterness, uh, a lot of hoppiness, a lot of, a lot of floral character, fruity character. I mean, you know, and, and we've, we've heard that numerous times of, you know, the different hops that you're going to use and when to use them to get the, the exact, what you're trying to go for out right. of it. Right. It's a science. It is. Um, we've, you know, we've flip-flopped around on when to add the citra or mosaic. And, um, at this point, both Jake and I agree that mosaic seems to be at least the mosaic that we're getting is a little bit better than the citra from, uh, the taste character and, and bitterness character. You know, it's, it's been, you know, for the longest time, it was hard to get these. It was hard to get Citra Mosaic. Now, you know, the way the world's gone, it's, it's you know, now it's super easy to get. Heck, you don't even have to have a contract to get this stuff. But, um, you know, it's – there isn't a brewery out there that isn't using these hops. I mean, they're pretty standard now these days. Yeah, you uh, see that in a lot of IPAs. It's either Citra Mosaic, uh, Chinook's another one. What else are they yeah. – all kinds you still but. see some nugget cascade you know centennial you still see some of the classic sea style you know hops but um now it's you know a lot of new zealand south african you know anything you can get where you're going to increase the 
you know, tropical notes and, and uh, almost orange-like and, you know, mango-like characteristics you can get, peach, you know, things like that. I've heard I've heard that uh, the, the homebrewers that we had on here from uh, Scabs of Southern County, they, they were talking about some of the New Zealand hops that are coming up, that they uh, bring in a whole different characteristic. The one couple we had on, uh, the Chisholm Brothers from CNC, they brought stuff back from Hawaii that brought a whole different flavor profile to it. So, gentlemen, this is clean. It's crisp. I'm usually not an IPA guy, but this is a very drinkable beer, so kudos. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. So, you, did everybody do home brewing but Jake? Jake's a home brewer now. Yeah. Now. Oh, he's a home brewer now. He's yeah. also a commercial brewer now. Yes. <laughs> Which is actually detrimental because they use a commercial system and a lot easier to control temperatures, chill times. Uh, and it's it can be frustrating, but to go back to a homebrew system, which is just a couple of cutout kegs. So. Yeah, but I found that was always the fun part of homebrewing because you would make a stupid mistake and you go, oh my gosh, that, that made this beer taste really well. Or I had to adjust something to make up for the flavor that I ended up coming with out of the fact that I, I couldn't control something or I made a mistake or did something stupid. Um, like I was telling you, that first uh, that, that uh, Irish red that I, I made, I pitched the yeast way too hot and I had to let it um, basically blow off and, and eventually let it rest and an extra age in a bottle a lot longer before it became drinkable beer, but it ended up turning out really well. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't duplicate it because I never, I didn't know at the time to, to log every stupid mistake that I made. We we've heard that story. And Dave yeah. actually mentioned that in one of the episodes about how Worcester sauce came about. Yeah, that's true. Some of the fuck ups become some of the better beers. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how long have you, did you guys home? I mean, Homebrew before you decided to take this step, Alan. You, uh, you I said did. you homebrewed. Uh, I homebrewed for probably seven, eight years, if not more, before you know we we took the or I took the plunge. And um, it's there's a you know there there's a significant difference in in you know dealing with um, recipe development and tweaking things. You know, anybody, I mean, you know this now that you guys are all, all grain brewing, there's so many minute things that you can, that play into making a beer taste the way you want it to, or, you know, or the opposite. But, you know, in the end, control is really critical, you know, whether it be mash temperature, you know, fermentation temperature, you know, how hard of a boil you're getting, um, you know, the, the quality of grain, the quality, I mean, there, there are so many variables involved that, you know, for me, I, 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 you know, both Alex and I, we're, we, you know, we, in a former life, we were consultants, environmental consultants. So we had a long, strong chemistry and hydrology and geology background. And I, I like to have control over what I was doing. And, um, you know, at the time when I was home brewing, they didn't, you know, there weren't a lot of off the shelf things that you could buy. You had to, come up with methods and build things and engineer things on your own to, to make it work. And I mean, that's still, still the case today, but um, you know, for me, it was when we, we had jacketed fermenters with glycol control that we could control everything within a half a degree. I was like completely beside myself. 
And that, that's a that's a big step from home brewing to a commercial brewing. That when you're going to be serving the public, you got to have it's yeah. got to be a recipe that you can duplicate and control it. Sure, sure, and um, that's that's critical. I mean, it absolutely is. And and you know, I I I know a lot of people put a lot of a focus on on repeatability. You know, being repeatable is really important. Um, but for small brewers, it's you know, there's a lot of wiggle room. You know, there's a lot of uh, of ways that you know things change. And look, let's face it, people's palates change from month to month, week to week. I mean, you yeah, know, our and, our palates have changed since we started down this, and we've mentioned that several times because you know, two years ago when we started drinking the craft beer, I never would have drank something like this, gentlemen. Um, but my palate has changed so much, I'll drink it all. We've even got Dave drinking IPAs and sours now. Right. Yes, but I'm not guzzling them though, like you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, really this, this is good, but you know, honestly, it's it's a little hoppy for me because I I am not a person that uh, is uh, big on hoppy beer, and um, I'm I'm also not a big person on sours. But I have drank my share of um, IPAs, hoppy beers, and sours, and uh, and um, I've enjoyed them. I have. So as far as the, the home brewing goes, and you had mentioned it, Alan, these guys that we, we've been, and we've heard this story over and over again, you learn to tinker and come up with a contraption to yeah. make it work. And then when you get to the commercial side of it, and you can buy the equipment. You're like, holy shit, I don't have to make well, any. <laughs> it, so, so the thing I'll say this, and I, and I, I mean, Jake and Alex both see it firsthand is that, there's an advantage from from being from the homebrew side to, to learning the the technical details and the the parts that require you to make good beer, require you to make good equipment, or change your process to make better things, right? And so there are all there are times when you know we're making beer, or we're doing I'm making beer, but we're doing something in some sort of process in the brew house where it's like you know certainly be nice to be able to do a little differently, you know, and, and um, having that mentality of, of being able to tweak and play with, you know, copper or whatever, whatnot, it, it, it's put us in a position where we can build on the fly. So it saved us money. It's also cost us money, you know, by making stupid mistakes, but you know, our mash time, I know we joked earlier about our mash time. Our mash time is a, a, an old dairy tank that's been converted. Um, it's nothing fancy. It's a pain in the ass to dig out, but our extraction's great. Uh, it makes good beer, and it's not fancy. It, it works. It does what it needs to do. And at this point, I I have a hard time justifying going out and spending another twenty grand on a mash tun that can do the same thing. But at the same time, I get it. You know, there's there's controls that maybe we would like to be able to mash out in a different way or do things differently in a, in a you know in that sense. And you mentioned that before. I got a, I got my own business as well. So when the business is profitable, you need to reinvest it, but you do it at the right time to make it a more efficient. And you know, if if I can buy a piece of equipment from my technicians because I'm in the automotive repair, it's going to make their job better. It was worth the investment, kind of like you're saying with this mash tun. You you'll make the investment when you see the fit. Right. That's beneficial for the business. Pushing for you. Or until Jake's sitting there. Barking up your ass saying, Hey, I need this now. 
it would be on. beneficial for you. The to only see, way it's changed if he comes and says, "Look, I quit." There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you yet? That ain't happening. So well, listen, he he like listen, Jakey, Jakey. I can always call him Jakey. Jakey likes to run. He he was a cross country runner, right? He he loved to run. He loves to run. He still loves to run. Goose I tell him. About that. I tell. Oh, that's <laughs> you down, but I tell him. I said, "You got to dig out the mat. It takes thirty minutes to dig out the match time." All right. Green Machine takes you about 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, but he doesn't complain about having to go home and run that night because he got his workout. <laughs> he got his cardio workout. <laughs> so, so, Alan told you stories, and I, I, I promise I'll make them quick. I'm the king yeah, of don't make them quick. Forward. But so as far as, out. as far as digging out mash tons, uh, the, the only thing that's worse to dig out in a mash tun is the Lazarus. Or, oh, my God. The grain build on that is monstrous, unless it's changed since the last time I dug it out. That's it so is cool. ridiculously full to dig out. And I forgot what the second story was, which is probably a good thing. Oh, no, I remember it now. Um, as, as, as my girlfriend says, I got a case of uh, uh, CRS, can't remember shit. And the older <laughs> I get, it gets worse. So, um, but you know, Franken brewing has always been a thing, and, and it really started among home brewers. And I remember there was times when, just as far as cooling the wort down, I used I used to do it when I first started. I would just let it come down the temperature slowly, and then then pitch the yeast. Don't tell me you were sitting there blowing off the kettle like a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I started doing. No, and then he came. He, I remember he said, you know. One of the benefits of, of, of our background where we, we grew up in the environmental field, we had to make things on the fly when we were in the field working. And we started doing things. He uh, made a work chiller. And that's the first time I ever saw him, you know, come up with that. And I was like, this is kind of cool. This is unique. At that point, I had already stopped homebrewing just because I had kids and was in a different point in my life. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that Frankenbrew has has – carried on into um, our our brewery today at some point or another. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other brewers out there that still do it. Certainly. And, and you know what? That might be a unique – that's part part of your uniqueness, that Sorry. you have still this – you the, the Franken mash or whatever you're calling it. Every every story we've come, come across has been – there's been a unique story, and you guys are coming up with your own unique story. So and you guys saw the mash tun. You, you saw the mash tun back in, in the back there. It's an old Girton milk tank, like like Alan said. And we just had what two feet of yep. two feet of stainless steel yep. on top to go around it and the, the and move the hinge on top so that we can put mm -hmm. the same lid on top of it. Um, in fact, somebody found us a, a sign that says Girton milk tank used here, and it's it's screwed onto the the cooler <laughs> door right by the bar. Um, yeah, in fact, that sign was uh, in a. An exhibit. Somebody came in and asked us yeah. to use the sign because they, they found out we it had was, it. It's an original sign. So, so, you know, back back in the day, um, a lot of a lot of dairy farmers when when they would buy equipment, you know, it was it was really no different than buying a Ford or Chevy. You know, they they preferred certain equipment over others, and you know, you get a deal if you you hung the the sign in the milk house and. The, the sign, the Gurdon milk sign that we have actually come from a, a, a farm in uh, Altoona. And um, yeah, so that, that actually, the story actually goes, that milk tank actually came out of a dairy farm in Halifax, Pennsylvania. I, I was, in, I, I pulled that, that tank out 
as well as another one. Uh, the, the dairy farm had, they hadn't milked cows since the eighties. So no joke. There was probably two inches of bird shit on top of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't leave yeah. the bird shit on it when you put it on on the back there, did you? No, I, okay. you saw it. It was beautiful. It was spotless, stainless steel, shiny. And that's pretty. right. So that's and and honestly, so that thing was built. I want to say in the early fifties, and it was an ice bath tank. So I, I mean, I'm going way beyond what. And so an ice bath tank actually was that the there was water inside the jacket and it. The, the glycol, uh, or not that at the time, I think it was probably ammonia and something else, would freeze the water and then keep the milk cold. Um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a cool yeah, story. So, right. It, it's, you know, I, I'm i a firm believer in, in being able to reuse equipment when we can. And, you know, not not from, not even from trying to save money, but from, you know, just because we can. And, and you know, I don't know. I, yeah, that's, that's a cool story. story you know, yeah. and, and, not to mention it, that was a pretty damn good job. I it mean, is it works. It, it's insulated. Yeah, so it's, yeah with I'm the exception of top two yeah. feet, that whole thing is double wall insulated. You know, and and, and Jake will test the, the fact that it's just such a thermal mass and, and the, the mash that, you know, ours, you know, we may see a degree drop over an hour, you know, in a mash. And, you know, that's, that's hardly worth worrying about, you know. In today's world, the way grain is modified and, and things like that, it's not an issue, you know. So we don't use why, why change what's the what's working? Don't fix right. what's not broke, right? So, um, so that means you're not getting that part of your interview. <laughs> hey, can you can you brew in this thing? <laughs> can you show? No, me that was not the question. <laughs> can you dig this out? How long are your arms? That's the real question. Well, did you have to show a bicep like you know <laughs> that you can that you can shovel the shit you know? <laughs> well, that part of it was can you lift a grain bag, which is about fifty five pounds, but some of the shovel scoops are pretty heavy yeah. too. Wet grain, yeah, because it's got a lot of moisture still in it. That's right. Yes, that's right. So, Alex, did you homebrew too, and that's how you guys kind of got together? Well, I mean, we him to his, his wife. Yeah, like Alan said, we started working together. Um, I actually I, I, check me if I'm wrong, but I, I was just I had just gotten married. I had just recovered from a motorcycle accident, and I, yeah. I had come back yeah. to work. It took me six months to learn. I went through a couple of surgeries, six months to learn how to walk again. I, I come back wow. and I see this guy, and I say, "Who's this?" And they introduced me to him, and I had music in my desk. I saw he had a bunch of CDs. Had, we started. He had. A complete Lego. Um, I still have them. He does. Then it was a Death Star. No, it, it, it was, was an X-wing and, and, and a Tie Fighter. Yeah, and Lego model. And I was like, on my "Who's this nerd back here?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're a Star Wars geek like me. I am he very is. much. So. I love Star Wars, but not like that. I, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I, not to mention, I'd rather spend my money on beer instead of Legos. Well, when you're <laughs> sitting in, in, in your sofa for. You know, six months trying, well, at least three months learning how to walk again, unable to move. You have to have something to do, right? It's always got to so, be there. Um, so, I, so I met this asshole, and um, I had had a party, and I'm and, and my friend moved down here from, from Johnstown area, and this guy was, uh, I was working with him. I said, hey, I'm having a party. We're going to just 
throw some hot dogs and burgers and stuff on the grill, drink some beer, maybe go downtown. This is back when downtown Harrisburg was hopping before it was a, a, a dead spot like it is now. Um, but, you know, we would go there and and have a couple beers. And the next thing you know, I, he ends up hanging out with, with my one friend and uh, it's all history. They get married. But, but while they, while we were hanging out together, even before I introduced him to his wife, we were brewing homebrew. I told him I homebrew. He said, I homebrew. So we just started brewing together every once in a while. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. What were some of the, what were some of the recipes you guys came up with together? Oh, nothing. We basically, basically I was his critic. I was yeah. like, don't fucking do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so none of the recipes that, that, that are in, in the uh, Boneshire uh, list right now or anything I came up with, because it usually came up with, don't do that again. That was horrible. Or I would bitch and no, say I like a be flavor. Fair, to be fair, to be fair, we learned what not to do. Well, hey, I I'll tell you what, that sounds like a, a pretty fucking cool beer name. Don't do that what? again. <laughs> I'm the king of beer names, as we found out the other week. You know, I, I know that that's a joke about the names. Naming beers is hard. In today's world, it's hard. It's not easy. I tell you what, my wife said I would love to have that job. I'm like, honey, you'd like to have a lot of jobs. So being the home... You know, we we've been we've been doing kit beers until this. My wife got me this Brewzilla, and we did this Irish Red. And then we were over there. I was I was over at Lancaster Home Brew Supplies and got my supplies for my all first all grain for the Irish Red. And she found a cider kit. She goes, "Can we do this?" I'm like, "Well, we can do that." Now you sure. got a couple beers you got to come up with because I did our our last kit beer, which was a Colch, because I fucked the first one up. <laughs> Because I didn't have my brewing partners with me. Um, you always need somebody there to tell you to not do something stupid. Yeah, don't do that again, right? Don't do that again. <laughs> or or when, when somebody's brewing with somebody else, somebody gets blamed for uh, the mistake. <laughs> pass, the, pass the buck. There's another freaking beer name. There you go. I'm giving you guys all kind of ideas today. <laughs> That's what people don't understand. Half these beer names out there probably have a hidden story behind them. And, and I mean, we were we were just out in. Uh, we went and took a guys' weekend one, two weekends ago. We're up in Allegheny National Forest, hanging out, drinking, and spending some time in the woods. And <laughs> I may have, I may have had a, a beer or two too many, and was just spouting <laughs> off beer names all night long. Nobody can remember. A goddamn can't man. remember one of them, but I had some pretty good ones. So, so the Irish Fred I came up with. I wanted to pay tribute because uh, I'm paying tribute to like the English style. I went with Aaron Gobrales. That was my, that's my Irish red. Uh, but I told my wife, but naming beers, I said, you got a cider to name. And I got this coast. We got to come up with a name. So come up with a name. You said you wanted this job. Let's do it. She said, I just come up with a name. She still didn't come up with a name for it. Right. But I, I think it's cool. You know, the we, we've mentioned the names that are out there, the can arts you guys come up with, and um, you know it's just it, it. This this whole industry is just absolutely fantastically cool. It is cool, and I'm I'm glad to see you guys are successful and you guys are maintaining what you're doing because we had a great time when we were up there. Yeah, we did. You know, Dave doesn't get to go travel to some of the brewer, brewery pubs that we go to, and he was fortunate enough to go with us that night. So we had a good time. I mean, thank you gentlemen for having us up there. It was great. Um, Absolutely. You're welcome. Glad you can make it up. But speaking of beer names, I'm ready for another one. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do, let's do it. 
What what is going to be our second beer tasting? It is Flying Hawaiian. So speaking of beer names, who came up with that name? So I used to love eighties wrestling, and ah Hawaiian. yeah yeah yeah. You and so, Ben would get along really well. I I pineapple like I love pineapple like there's you know like honestly I could just eat I know this is weird I could eat pineapple all the time. I could eat tidbits, freaking old pineapple, you name it, pineapple juice, pineapple, 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 right? So years, several years ago, um, it was February. Actually, it was January. I was like, I had the shits of just the cold weather, and it was like, you know what? Let's have a luau in the middle of February. Oh, that's pretty like, cool. All right, well, we got to come up with a, a Hawaiian-themed beer if we're going to do that. And it was like, well, usually our beer names, they either – come like that or it's like a struggle and this one came <laughs> just like that i mean know? our so, coach is named coach right it's <laughs> not too fancy something like there's certain beer styles that just you don't need it no you don't coach is they, one. unless you're alex you out in the middle of the appellation you can't figure it out and you remember what the hell you said that's right that's right so the flying hawaiian so where did so you say you like the the you like the Hawaiian style is that what you're after because of the no pineapple? no no um so it, the the deal is is that you know we we I I love pineapple um and at the time pineapple mango and passion fruit were you know what was available in the middle of January um and so that's what we went with and so pineapple was definitely it's very pineapple forward this batch is like screams pineapple. Um, so it, there's a fine balance, you know, between the three because mango can be overpowering. So can pineapple and, and passion fruit can kind of get muted. Passion fruit tends to be more tart and sour than, than a lot of other, other characteristics. You know, passion fruit isn't something that every, everybody's even had, you know, for the most part, but, um, and this beer pineapple certainly is the star, you know, uh, you go to Hawaii, you're going to, you know, going to eat eat spam and well traditionally eat spam and, and eat pineapple right i like spam <laughs> I that was the grossest thing ever and then one time i made a spam and cheese hot like like grilled cheese and oh my god i've fallen in love with spam ever since what is it don't try it till you fry it <laughs> <laughs> exactly i don't know i'm not a big spam fan yeah, see, I don't, that's kind of rhymes. So I'm not a big Any spam. Any type of meat that comes out of a can is probably not high quality. My was in the Navy in World War II, and he absolutely, if it was spam <laughs> or uh, chip corned beef, he was like, I ate enough of that shit in the Navy. He told my grandmother, don't ever put it on a plate in front of me ever again. Shit yeah. on a shingle, baby. Shit on a shingle. He would not yeah. eat it. Cheers. Cheers. To the uh, Flying Hawaiian. Oh. Definitely a pineapple flavor. That's, that's a, so this is a kettle, is this a kettle sour or you're calling it what yeah, kind of a sour? It's, it's a that's, true kettle sour with uh, black bacillus. You let it sit in the kettle and do its thing for 24, 48, 48 hours, and then, then you boil it and kill it. This, this is like drinking a um, pineapple juice almost. This is really good. 
dangerously good. It's a good job on us. But we've noticed that with, I mean, we said with consistency, I mean, sour to sour, it, uh, we try to get as consistent as possible with the pH and the uh, lactobacillus producing its share of lactic acid. Uh, but we do notice a difference in sourness batch to batch. And this is one of the more mildly sour beers we have, which uh, we've had some that will chuck you up, but certainly. So how hard is this to duplicate on a regular basis? We're getting better. Is that yeah. bad? I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm asking because well, you know you're we've, saying we've changed, sour. We've changed. All right, so we have. So one of the challenges that we've had is is um, mm. it's not really a challenge. We've we've flipped around on bacteria. Yeah, on on the lactobacillus we get, and uh, we found that certain suppliers theirs produces uh, more sour note quicker than others um you know part of it is certainly us and the mash maybe um you know trying to you know predict and project like tweak the recipe for instance with this beer the last time we brewed it it was really sour it was like overly sour so we were trying to cut it back some and so with the fruit that we added we were trying to not be overly sweet well I, I think this is a tad bit sweeter than what I want, but it's still damn good. It tastes great. But I think that's a that's a damn good beer. It's not overly sour like you're saying, and it it's like drinking a fruit juice. That'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, this is one of those ones you drink after you cut the grass for a little bit, and you have another one, and then you have another one, and all of a sudden you, you go, see, oh, it's eight o'clock, and you're yeah. sitting on the back porch, <laughs> drooling on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and and and. If you if you can ask Dave here, I'm anal about how I mow my grass. Yeah. So if I start drinking that, I'm not going to have my nice straight lines. It'll be all like the yeah, that's really good. So Dave, what do you think? Because you're not the sour guy either. But no, I'm not. I'm not big on sours, but this is not bad. This is pretty good. I do. I have enjoyed quite a few sours. Um, some of the sours that that I don't like are the ones that just you know pucker you up and. You just don't enjoy the beer. I mean, it's just that it's, it's like, uh, you think about it, it's like hot wings. You know, there are some hot wings that you can eat and you enjoy them. The other hot wings, they, they're just flamethrowers. And all they do is just say burn the inside of your mouth and you're saying, why did I pay $12 for the, you know, for, for five of these? They'll burn your ass the next morning too. Yeah, they will. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Because it, it, it doesn't do that. It, it's like Brett said. It's similar to drinking fruit juice. And, uh, and it's very tasty. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to have to refill. So, Alan, I see you like baseball. Yeah. What is your favorite team? I'm probably going to th- – you're out in the Pittsburgh, from uh, the Pittsburgh area, right? There's only one team. But, but we do not change because flying – Fine, I think if I was oh, Shane Victorino's nickname. Yeah. I, uh, sure. so I am, uh, I, I, I played, ba- I actually played football or baseball from the time I was six to 23, played football from the time I was 10 to 21, 22. And, uh, 
if I ever was allowed to play sports again, would probably be baseball. And not, not that I'm not allowed. It's just that my life and the things that I have in my life won't let me. I have two, uh, I have a six year old and a 10 year old and they love baseball. I love coaching baseball. I'm heavily involved with a local, local baseball organization. So it's, uh, probably as much of involved in my life as making beer at this point. Yeah. I love, I love baseball. You watch any of the world baseball classic. I, we, we were, the boys and I were watching a little bit last night. Um, you know, and, and I, I probably went away from just enjoying the game to critiquing the boys more like saying, this is how you're supposed to swing. This is how you're supposed to throw, you know, things like that. But yeah. Right. Uh, what do you like inside? So, I'm big into fly fishing. Love to fly fish, mostly for trout, but I'll fish for anything. Uh, so do you tie your own flies? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, that was cool. More I did that nice. Yeah, I didn't get into it the late, and I was terrible at it for quite a few years. But fucking serious? Jesus yeah. Christ! Sorry, Jake. <laughs> um, but I'm patient, and I like to just be outside in the water. So. And I also help my brother. So, Alex. Uh, Go ahead. I think, I think I cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Finish up. No, that's I, I was just going to add that uh, I've got a family farm, and my brother's name, so I also help him. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, Alex, I see that you, you like cigars. I do. Yeah. I like tobacco. I like I like pipes. I like cigars. I like when I smoke cigars. I like to smoke when I drink. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was years ago for me. I, I used to smoke a, a good cigar every once in a while when we had some beer. But um, I started I started smoking cigars when I was in college. But um, lately, it's um, I kind of gotten out of it. You know, uh, maybe about. 10 years ago, it just, it just got to a point where, you know, you lose interest in it. But, uh, I know a lot of people who, who, uh, smoke cigars and we had a cigar. Didn't we have a cigar the other night or not the other night? We, we were, it's been a while. Yeah. We had every, every once in a while, we'll get somebody to bring us a good cigar over and, and say, you know, you're going to want to try this. So I do enjoy that, but I see that you like them all. You like, uh, tobacco as, as you put it. Yeah, and I said that the only thing that I, I really don't like about cigars is sometimes how long it takes to smoke one. But yeah, you know, it, it, I got into pipes because of, of this guy. Um, I have a corn cob pipe and a corn cob MacArthur pipe that I really enjoy smoking. And I'll, I'll oh, sit and cool. smoke it. Takes a couple that's minutes cool. instead of instead of forty five minutes to smoke a cigar or a half hour to smoke a cigar. So I can go out with a glass of bourbon or a beer and pack a pipe and chill out and relax and then come back in and don't have to worry about spending 45 minutes in the cold. Sure. Yeah. My dad grew up, I grew up with a uh, pipe smoker. My dad smoked pipe. Um, I never got into that and I never got into the other kind of pipe either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing you, you had said it, um, you're into bikes. Is was that a Schwinn? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, both, both. I, I have a track. Oh. I have a, uh, I have an old uh, 03 Kawasaki Main Street. Oh yeah. That, um, I really enjoy riding both, but 
I haven't ridden the uh, the one with the motor on in, in at least two years. And then the uh, hmm. the trek, I, I I try to do some riding regularly with um, with my kids and my girlfriend. Um, just some rail trails here and there. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So. In, as far as what you guys are doing, do you guys do like live music or what do you guys, you got anything you promote up there? What do you guys do during do, the week? You know, um, so we have a huge mug club uh, group. We have over, we have close to 400 mug club members. Um, and what's the mug club, club called? And so it's, uh, well, it's just Bonchar Mug Club, but uh, the, what the hell is the, uh, well, we call them muggers, you know, because they're going to steal your soul, but that's not the point. I know, I'm a terrible joke. At any rate, so 400 <laughs> Mug Club members, we have, every Tuesday night, we have uh, Mugger Tuesday. Wednesdays, we have Trivia Night, which has been really big in the area now. Not that it hasn't been before, but for some reason, over the last several months, um, you know, we have a pretty large following on Wednesdays. And we that's do do music. Cool. It's, it's twice a month um you know we've we try to um we we we've we've tried to our split our pay our, our our place is small so that's part of the problem is that you know we can't it's have like you know, right it's cozy it's cozy you know we we cram a lot of people in there when we have to that's why we're ready for the warmer months because once we can get the patio area open and then you know we can spread out the uh spread out the humanity, if you will, you know, and um, so the the big, the big draws right now is uh, trivia and, and our, our mug club membership is, like I said, just huge. And, you know, we've, we've been, we really, really, we exist because of those, those guys that, that support us. You know, we've been fortunate to have a huge local following, you know, that um, support us and, and, you know, we have a very unique group of people that come in and support us. And we have lawyers to, you know, plumbers to bankers, to, you know, everything and anything in between. You know, that's the one that's thing it. about craft beer and beer in general, you know, that's what it is, you know. Brings people together. And we met two of your mug club winners there the other night that they said they have something special they do with you. Darius and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every year we pick two, two muggers of the year. And uh, essentially they're, you know, mug club members that have, you know, we always say go above and beyond to support us and to, you know, show their love of craft beer by, you know, um, most of the time it's because they're there all the time. <laughs> so every year we... Go ahead, go ahead, Alan. So every year we do um, kind of they're they're kind of like our ambassadors, for lack of better terms. But you know they get to get to go do beer festivals with us, and they'll get to um, brew a beer with us. We usually do one beer uh, a year with our muggers of the year, and then um, they get their names put up in the wall of infamy. And um, it's been seven this will be our seventh year and steve and darius are the last two so we haven't brewed the beer with them yet but that's on the on the docket and uh well so yeah i'm supposed to mention you guys are going to be doing a black ipa that you're yeah, that, about. 
that doesn't surprise me because they they both it's it's the mix of so so Darius loves stouts and Steve loves IPA so it makes complete sense and they both love uh, La oh, Jesus Christ football black IPA we do Iscariot which is our it, it's basically an ungodly hoppy stout that we do and they both love. It. <laughs> So we're, we were supposed we met them the other night. We were up there yeah. with you guys uh, when we visited, and uh, Darius said, "Just tell them we're going to be doing a black IPA, but they don't fucking know it yet." Jake, get ready. I'm glad they got to sit together because I usually don't. Get ready, Jake, because they're going to pop out. Of it. Of it. They usually think one of us reminds them, "Hey." You need to do the beer with the muggers here that you promised them about right. 11 months ago. Right. <laughs> well, you haven't done that one yet either. <laughs> we did. We're well, well, we just did. Yeah, we just did just that. That's it. the uh, the muy bien. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That you guys take your you 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 take the the mug club guys that have supported you, and you bring and these guys apparently are home brewers as well, so they come in and help you. That's that is an awesome idea. How to give back? That is great. That's an awesome idea. It, it's been certainly been, you know, one of the things that really, you know, it's not just that. I mean, we do a lot of different things throughout the year where we try to get our, our, our mug club members involved, you know, for a lot of these, a lot of these people, they're not, they're not just, you know, they're not just customers. They're, you know, they've become family members as well. I mean, you know, we, we yeah. hang out with a lot of these people and I, I say that loosely that, that you know, it, it's they're not just these people. These are these are our friends, family members, extended family. You know, and and I can tell you that it's been certainly above and beyond what I expected when I got into the business. And to be honest, that's you know I love making beer, I love doing this, but you know I I you know I enjoy sitting down and hanging out on a you know on a Tuesday where it was a shitty day and drinking a beer with you know somebody else that had a shitty day and, and it's like the camaraderie that you get to develop and it doesn't have to be a shitty day. It could be a good day too. I mean, that happens. Well, maybe not quite as often as I'd like, but you know, that's how it, I go. And that's, that's awesome. And that's how you create that, that uh, environment and the value for your business that they want to keep coming back. So I think that's great. Certainly. Certainly. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I like to do too. And, and you know, I, I like to, share the idea of craft beer with people and especially with with us at Boneshire when someone comes in there and they've never been there before I want them to to feel welcome I want them to feel like they're this is their their I'm probably going to get hit for this but their their cheers you know come in and hang out and you know be comfortable here you know, enjoy what I enjoy. I want you to appreciate it. And if you don't like the craft style of beer that I like, I'm sure I can find one that you do like. You know, yep. that kind of stuff. That's that's what I love about the, the whole the whole thing. So do you have a norm that comes in there that everybody yells norm? We have about ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have ton more. If not more. Yeah. It depends on so the week. Which one of you is Woody and which one of you is Coach behind the bar? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Whichever one the grumpy one is, that's him. See. Yeah. <laughs> I think Alexis is probably Woody. I mean, 
Cheers was over and done with probably 10 years before you were born. Yeah, this kid over here. What the fuck are you talking about, man? I have no clue what you're talking about. I cried on the last episode when they shut it down. When Sam turned the lights out and said we're closed, I, I cried yeah. because I love that show. Uh, Billy so Cody. I, I, I mean, it ended probably, I was probably 13 years old. You know, and it's a kid. You know, I grew up in Florida and Stevie where you had 2, 4, and 11. You know, if the wind was blowing right, you might have Fox, but that was probably our area. So it was pretty much whatever was on TV was what we watched. And I loved Cheers as a kid. I never understood it much, but. As I get older now, I look back and I'm like, you know, I get it. And, and you know, the, the whole cheers mentality. And I, I, a lot of people say, you know, where does craft beer fit in the world? And for us, in a lot of breweries, it's, it's, that's what it is. Like we've, we have essentially created the, you know, the cheers bar mentality. We've created that at home environment where, you know, we've, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. We've got 10, 15 guys that are there on a regular basis, and it's not just guys. It's women. It's everybody. You know. Yeah, and um, we. Yeah, go ahead. Alan. I didn't want to interrupt you. I, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is that, you know, the 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 craft beer scene isn't just about beer. It's it's beyond that. No. You know, we've always made sure that that's always been the case for us, and. You know, it's not just that, it's people. You know, that's what makes it what it is. And we've mentioned that several times as far as, you know, when I grew up, you know, you went to a bar and usually it was a bar. You had a good time. You went there looking for a couple things, had a good time. But the the way the craft beer industry is going, you guys, the, the, the tap rooms, the brew pubs and stuff like that, they're more family friendly. They're, it's, an, it's an inviting environment for everybody. And you just touched on that, Alan. That's and I think that's what's great about this whole thing. And I hope it has not hit its peak. I hope it just keeps going up. That this is a family-friendly environment. And bring your bring your friends, bring your family, bring your some of them are even pet friendly. You know, bring your pets. I don't understand that because I don't take my pets anywhere. They stay at home. I don't need to take them to Lowe's and shit like that. But it is an inviting environment. Um, and I think it's what's what's setting this apart. And we we you guys, places like you and everybody else have set a new standard for what it should be. You're going to get a, a, a quality beer. You're going to get a, a, an inviting and friendly environment. Owners that are willing to come out and talk to you and sit with you and have a beer on a good day or a bad day. And just it, it's what it's about. You got to create that value that's going to bring people to you. And you guys, kudos. You guys are doing that. And it, it's awesome. Thank you. So I think we got a couple more beers here. What's going to be our next one? Um, I did not have this one yet. This was our. Uh, would you? Which one's this one? It's the barley one. Oh, we're this is the one. That's out, yeah, this is. The, we were trying to figure out when we brewed this, and uh, it's approaching a year. It's got to be really close. So who whose recipe is this one? This is uh, mine as well. It's been, it's something that was developed in in in, in the years of of the existence of Boneshire. It's not uh, 
you know, it's, it's um, through the education that we received in the school of hard knocks. Let's put it that way. Yep. So Alex, you we, said you liked the barley wines. Is this one of your, is, did you have any input on this one? I did not, but when he brewed it, it was, it was everything that I stereotypically thought of as a barley wine. And I remember him grumbling at me the first time that I tasted it. He said, this isn't what I wanted. This is not this, this, I said, you hit every note you wanted to on this. And this is a barley wine. I would drink this all day long. Well, I would drink one of these and then pass out and then wake up again and try to drink another. <clears throat> but so you, because I can't drink this all day long, but yeah, this is, this is what I like. You didn't tell him, don't do that again. You told him, do that again, right? Yes, keep doing this. Do this Do this plenty of times over again. So the thing about barley wine is that they need age, they need time, you know, and, and the longer they sit, the better they are, you know, and this is certainly, you know, a year old at least or damn near a year old. It's, it's right on. It's right on where it needs to be. Uh, it smells delicious. So... To the barley wine day, you do you barrel age any of this, Alan? Unfortunately, we did not this batch. We should have, but you have done it, certainly. So here's to your barley wine. Uh, it's just called a barley wine. No, do you haven't come up with a great name for this yet? Barley barley wine. Cheers to the boneshire barley wine. That's pretty good. I'll be honest, I have not had one of those in quite a while. And 24 hours? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, no, probably in, in, honestly, probably a couple months. And it just, the older it gets, the better it gets. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. That really hits the palate. That is, it, it sits there. It's a little bit boozy on the back end, but I, that's what you're supposed you're to get when the longer it sits. That's stealthy. That that, that would be amazing with a nice piece of roast beef or a, a piece of grilled chicken or something like that. Some and roast a good cigar, food. right? And <laughs> a good cigar, yeah, absolutely. Good cigar. That's I love the, I love to pair food and, and and beer and drinks together. That's what Dave's trying to put together. We're trying to put food pairings together with beer. Trying to come up with some brewers that have brew pubs that would want to put a. And you guys could do pizza. Hey, this pizza goes with this beer. Yeah, we we've lined up chefs from different uh, from different brew yeah, houses, absolutely. restaurants, and such. And they're going to um, they're going to bring their creations that they feel that goes good with their beers. And then we're going to actually present them and try them out and taste them. And we're going to make some comments. We're going to do it on air. And we're yep. going to have some comments on on uh, the um, the pairings, and then um, we're going to uh, let the public know where they can find this. We you know we'll take pictures of it. We'll have it on the internet, and they'll be able to say, "Hey, this pairing here. If you if you want to see what it, what everyone else thought about it, check out the podcast because the podcasts stay on. You know, we keep a, a listing of them. You know, online, but." Um, You'll be able to go on the podcast and check it out and see what everybody thinks about it. And if you want it, we'll tell you where to go get it. I think it's a great idea. Pardon me? I said, I think it's a thing. great idea. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So any room for you know any future plans? You guys both said you want to continue to grow the business. 
future plans, bigger footprint? We have been, yeah, absolutely. We have been, um, I mean, I, 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 I hate to come back to it. COVID screwed up a lot of plans for a lot of people, you know. Yes, um, it did. We have, we've been working for a while on, you know, ultimately trying to buy a larger property, you know, um, with a you know, large building. You know, we've, we've been looking for a while. Um, we're in no hurry. We're looking for the right place. And, 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 you know, we're, we're kind of old school on that, you know, we're, we're trying to do it, you know, and, and make it right. You know, we're, 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 we're going to get one crack at it. And, and uh, so, you know, our goal is to own, you know, large, you know, 15,000 square foot building where we can do and increase our production tremendously, as well as do a lot of, a lot of different events and a lot of different things that a small space won't afford us to do, you know, and um, unfortunately, you know, the housing market, you know, has been all over the place and, and the commercial real estate market is, is way worse. And so um, we've been kind of not in a holding pattern. We're always looking, but, you know, we're just writing, waiting for the right situation. We're waiting for the right building. You know, the reality of it is, is, is that um, we're in the right spot. We haven't, uh, we haven't pulled the trigger and, and put ourselves in a bad position. And, uh, and you, I, you'll, I, you'll know when that door opens. Yep. You'll know when that door opens Certainly. correctly. Correct. Um, and, and that's, that's how it works, you know, and, you know, we've, we've built this from the ground up. It's not, um, you know, we didn't have a boatload of money. We just threw at it. You know, we, we've put a lot of passion, a lot of effort and a lot of time in it, a lot of blood, sweat you, and tears. And, and there's a lot of people in this business that have, and, um, you know, what, what I'll say is that, uh, you know, we, we have not forgotten where we've come from and, you know, that's part of what we want to do. We want to keep that. And so I, th- I think it's, I think yeah. it's a great business plan. Um, and knowing that you guys have put your own money into this to make it work makes it even that much sweeter when it does turn positive and you continue to grow. I think Certainly. that's what makes yeah. business better. So you've worked eight hours at your regular job, come home, ate dinner, kissed your kids goodnight, and then worked eight hours until two or three in the morning, building out your your, your brewery space um, with two or three other guys and a case of beer. Um, yeah, you 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 don't know what it what it really means to to put it in, and and, and but it also put the time in. But you also you also reap the rewards and they are far sweeter than they would be any other. I think, I think that's, what's unique about every story we've heard. Um, now do you guys still hold full-time jobs as well? I do. I do not. I'm, I've been full-time. For so this is your full-time gig, Alan. So you kind yeah. of met Alex and said, fuck it. I'm going here. I'm done. <laughs> he, he, I won't give him that much of it. He did. He did ask me how I felt about it, and I, I thought it was the right move to make. I, I'll be honest, you know, it, this is legitimately the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, you know, people people ask me, "Oh, it's great being in the beer world." No, it is. It's scary as hell. It's it just is. like anything else. It's just like any anything you want to do that's worthwhile. It's not. It's not easy. And uh, I, 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 I'm not. You know, I. 
I love it. I do. I, there are, I'm not going to lie. There's days, Jake will tell you right now, I'm a miserable prick. And there are days when it's the complete opposite of that. And I'll tell you this right now, the days that are great way out, outnumber the days that aren't good. And my, my theory on it is if that's the way it's going, then we're doing it right. That's what counts. Yep. I tell you what, you know, being, so my parents started the, the automotive business that I, that I took over. And everybody in high school was like, oh, you're going to be rich. You're going to be easy. You're going to have your own place. <laughs> yeah. Right. A, I'm not rich. And there are days like you just, Alan, I just want to walk up there and put a for sale sign on, it, especially in the automotive world, because my world sucks. I hate every day is different. And it's it's a it's a drastic change. And you get a car in there, you're trying to figure out. And it's like, what the fuck? All right, I'm putting a for sale sign on it. The next day turns around to be an awesome day. So, right, Alex, what's your plans? Are you planning on being full time with this? Quit your other job? I mean, what's what's the plans on you? And we're gonna get to Jake here. Uh, when, we hit it big, when we hit it big and we're as big as uh, InBev, yeah, I, I'll quit working my forty hours. But uh, until then, <laughs> no, I'm let's, let's let's be clear. He does not work forty hours. I work. I'm the hardest working person. I, I'm the hardest working person I know. Thirty-seven and a half hours a week. Is that what it is? Thirty-seven and a half hours. You have to put the half in, right? Yeah, you got to put the half. You got to get that. Get get you the benefits. You thirty-seven and a half hours. Get you the benefit package. Jake, what what's your future plans here? Uh, whatever they do. Eventually, I want to go my own way and open up my own but that's uh. That takes money and time and effort, as they just talked about. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this much. He's on the right path because uh, they're, he's learning it the hard way um, on the job training. And that, that's not necessarily the hard way. That's the right way. Um, that's the best you know, way. It is. And he's learning it. He's learning what to do and what not to do. He, he sees my mistakes and he, you know, he knows. He knows he's a smart kid. He's not a kid. He's, he's a smart dude. He knows, you know, I mean, he sees me struggle and he gets those opportunities. And, and uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the other cool thing about this business is that, you know, it's, it, I always like it. It, it. The beer world is just like kind of like the pizza revolution in that uh, with one big difference. You know, back in the 70s, there was there's a lot of people that got into the pizza business and, Everybody had their super secret dough recipe, and they were super secret about protecting it. And you know, it 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 it, it was very competitive. And the beer world's competitive, but the difference is is that everybody's willing to work together for the most part. You know, there, there's a limit, but you know, he's he's in a a position where he's gotten a chance to learn from not just me from everybody and, 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 you know, staff and every situation he's done damn near every job you could do at a brewery from <laughs> being an electrician. to being a brewer to being a bartender to a pizza maker, he's done it all, you know? So Jake, is this what you first saw as your future or did you just kind of happen into it? And this is, I'm happy where I'm at. No, not at all. I, uh, I went to college with the goal of, uh, Go to law school, so I have a classics background, Latin, Greek languages, which does not pertain to chemistry or anything you need in the in the growing world. So, just so you know, Jake speaks like four or five languages fluently. 
<laughs> so you, you say you were you were going you said law school did i hear you right yeah that was the plan i was uh so i went to undergrad for uh classics <laughs> so you're fucking smart is what you're saying <laughs> uh no, no. the thing i make mistakes every three days everybody looks at me because you better go to fucking law school i'll tell you that right now you know i tell you what Sometimes you guys got a good thing going up there. Let me tell you, just keep doing what you're doing. Jake, keep, keep learning on the job training from Alan and Alex. Yeah, I think you guys are, you guys got it going on. Um, you guys survived COVID. You guys are doing well. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, I've enjoyed every beer I've had from you guys and I've been up, I've been up there a couple times, and like I said, I was over at Greystone, got their beer. I brought that Irish Red home, you guys, the Dilston. Is that what it was yep. that you brewed for them? Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing, and that door will open when it's necessary Certainly. for you guys to make that next step. Um, I, I've had a fantastic time. Do you guys got any? Tell us again where they can find. Boneshire Brew Works. Where can they find you? 7462 Dairy Street. Um, we're at the end of Dairy Street, right where Nye's Road crosses over uh, Dairy Street. Uh, we're about halfway between Hershey and Harrisburg. All right. You guys are on the internet. Check, make sure you check them out on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. Who takes care of all that for you? I do. You letting that to the young guy, Jake? No, no, he's not allowed to do that. He's not allowed. <laughs> I am. I am. That's right. There would be less spelling mistakes. That's for certain. <laughs> I am the, the social media guy, the accountant, the head brewer, um, the inventory guy. I'm the ordering guy. Uh, I, I'm now I'm managing front of the house and uh, HR. HR and I do too much, but um, so, so you wear many hats like every do, business owner do, does. That's right, that's right. Every mm -hmm. business owner, you know, it's it, it's what it takes. You know, that's what it takes. So I got I got one last comment, Alex. When I was texting you that we were at your place, you said you got to go check out the bathrooms. What's oh. special about the bathrooms? <laughs> oh, it's just, I, I don't even know how it started, but um. All of a sudden, somebody, I think it was us, actually, when we were building that place out, we were drinking different beers, different craft beers while we were working at night. And one, and we would just pull the labels off the cans or get a sticker with a can that we had and just slap it up on the wall in, in, the, in the bathrooms. And we have the, the men's and women's bathrooms are both uh, graffitied in uh, beer labels, beer stickers, beer podcast stickers. Beer supplier stickers, um, grain house stickers, you name it, they're all up in there. There's some unique labels and, and breweries that you've never heard of or seen in there before. And it's it's really weird. You're sitting there going to the bathroom and you go, oh, I haven't seen that one before. I haven't, oh, I haven't seen that one before. And, you know, yeah. Well, hopefully when they're looking at them, they're, they're at least got good aim. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we did, we did put a sticker or two in. We also left a bunch of them uh, at the desk for you, at the bar for you guys. But 
your your wall that has some guitars on there. Dave took notice to that, and he yep. said that I can't play that because it didn't have the strings or in some assembly required. But we noticed a bunch of graffiti on the wall. Is that a special thing? It is. So you know, every every musician that comes in, they get to sign the wall um, at least once, and uh, so we've had a bunch, you know, and um, some uh, that you know, would surprise you that would want to play at our place and others that probably shouldn't come back. But, uh, <laughs> uh, um, you know, and, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's a cool thing to see, you know, it reminds me every day when I come in and I say, it's like, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, it, it helps keep me young. It you hits know? you right here. It, it does. Hits you here. Certainly does. And, um, you know, kudos to you guys that what you guys have accomplished on your own uh, with with the help of some family members to make what you guys got. I mean, 2016 to we're seven years in now, almost eight. So you guys have survived COVID. You've guys come up with a way and you guys are continuing to grow. I've had a great time. Um, Dave, any last comments? No, not not. Anything uh, in particular? I just I just enjoyed uh, my visit, and um, I enjoyed the uh, the opportunity to come back and take a few photos of your um, uh, of your brew equipment. And I was I, I was surprised to see a, a you know a, a full canner in there. I was <laughs> I I didn't expect to see that. I I've been taking the pictures of a lot of the breweries, and I you know you you don't find that in every one of them. So we become experts at cramming uh, 20 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> that, that's true. And I, and uh, I was different than uh, uh, Brett and uh, Kevin where I decided to get your nachos, which were very good. And uh, I, I appreciated it. I, I'm not a big pizza fan. I enjoy pizza, uh, but I think I overdid it. And now I've gotten, uh, don't don't want to eat it all the time, but the nachos were awesome. The nachos were awesome. I've okay. never seen a setup like that. That's nice. Yeah. So, what, what pizza did you have, Brett? Uh, what did I have? The uh, I had the Shire. Nice. I got the yeah. Shire banana peppers. Yeah. I, I never had banana peppers on my pizza, but it was fucking awesome. So that that came to be because when we would sit there and work throughout the days. Um, this guy goes, I want to order some pizza and he would order pizza. He goes, I ordered it with sausage and banana peppers or bacon and banana peppers or some sort of meat and banana peppers. And that became the Shire. That was awesome. It was very good. I'm like, cause I think the first time my wife and I stopped in there, uh, I had the margarita because that's what she kind of likes the, the fresh mozzarella and the whatever else you put on it. And I'm like, I want something different. So I got the Shire. Cause I like banana peppers on my sandwiches. So I never had banana peppers on my pizza. <laughs> it was great. I couldn't eat it all. Of course I had a couple beers too. So <laughs> gentlemen, I, I tell you what, this has been fun getting to sit here and talk to you guys. Um, we have one more. We got one more to cheers out with uh, any last comments you gentlemen have. No, I, you know, it's, it's, there's often times when, uh, you know, you, you're always trying to figure out, uh, you know, why you do anything in life. And for me, it's, you know, I, I, 
I like being in the position where, you know, things change all the time. You know, it's not always good, you know, and, and you know, as well as I do is being in the business world is running your own business. I should say is that it isn't always, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. Oh, and, no. you know, and, and, but you know, there's days like today where it's, it's been a good day, you know, and, and, you know, you, you get to be in a position where you get to try to make something that, you know, gives somebody a bit of a respite out of life. And, and, you know, fortunately for us in the beer world, you know, we've, we've been given that opportunity. And for us specifically, we have a ridiculously huge local following that, you know, comes from all walks of life that gets the chance to, to enjoy it with us. And, you know, we're, we're not always on top of things. We're not always perfect, but, you know, these guys that support us every day, you know, keep us going. That's for if it sure. wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are now. <laughs> exactly. That's every business. So, um, gentlemen, we've had a great time getting to know you guys, Alan, Alex, and Jake. Jake, you're going to be the next owner when you buy them out? <laughs> no, I hope to start on I'm just, I'm willing to go in there. Uh, you got to shovel more shit before you get to there. Right? <laughs> exactly. Before we buy him, when he when he leaves us, that's when we're buying a magic <laughs> Because then we don't have the young guy to, to to dig everything out for us. There we go. There we go. So, what is going to be our cheers beer, gentlemen? This is this was in a bottle, correct? Yep. This is uh, this is great. This is actually a Belgian white ale. It's been uh, this beer is five years old. Believe it or not. Um, it spent two years in a barrel, in a Chardonnay barrel. Um, it was dosed with two different breast strains. It is a a sipper. It is a enjoy with your friends and, you know, relax beer. It's not uh, anything other than that. It's been, um, this beer has been around for a while. Like I said, five years, it's five years old. So who's Grace? Or is Grace it just is Grace with you? Grace is my grandma. Okay. Oh, so yeah. this is named after your grandma. Yep. She raised this, me. She was, she was one of eight people that raised me. <laughs> that is awesome. So if you're out there, let's raise a glass with Alex, Allen, and Jake from Boneshire Brew Works and the CPP crew. And let's all be bonded by beer. Cheers, Cheers. gentlemen. Cheers.